Okay, let's go for it. Go so for good it. afternoon or good evening, wherever you are, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us on for the next episode of Business Insider Secrets. My name's Andy Hooper from Team Hoops, and I'm excited to have with me a gentleman that I met a little while ago, a few years ago when we had an office in Botley Mills, and uh, I've kept in contact with him. I'm excited to get Darren on. So Darren, welcome to the Business Insider Secrets podcast vlog thing. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Andy. <laughs> so, thank you very much for joining us. Um, yeah, no so, Darren, let's kick off. Uh, let's uh, start. I'm going to start a little story about how we met, if that's all right. Just, yeah. you know, you get about pictures. So I had an office in Bolly Mills. You had and you had moved from um, uh, Whiteley into Bolly yes. Mills. And yes. We met there and then I moved offices <clears throat> slightly around the other side of the Bolly Mill. And I didn't see you for a while. Yep. And then I moved out. And then I moved off back home to work from there. And then I, anyway, when, and anyway, then I can't remember if I saw you again at a wedding or, a, or in the gym. I think it was the gym, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And also at a wedding. And then I saw you at a wedding when I was doing wedding photography, which yeah. um, is a distant memory almost now for me, <laughs> um, especially this year. Uh, but anyway, oh, that's yeah. another story. <laughs> I don't do many of those anymore. That's for sure. Um, so anyway, so there's a bit of a story about how we met and everything else, but Darren, what I'm keen to understand is, is how you got to where you are today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go right the way back. Yeah. To sort of like, you know, where did you, you know, where did you grow up? Where, you know, are you local or? Yeah, I grew up, I grew up around Eastleigh. Um, so yeah, pr pretty local. And I, I've, I've never really kind of, you know, Eastleigh then off to Southampton and, and I've kind of gradually edged my way towards Portsmouth and I'm about a mile from the, uh, the PO border postcode. So I don't think I'll be edging any, any further than that but hold on um, a second i didn't know that hold on a second because you're opposite me now aren't you you're yeah 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 we're about 100 meters up the road aren't we? yeah are we hold on a second are we a mile from the po post box we're, no, yeah we, we if you kind of go it might be a mile maybe two miles yeah if you go a mile or two that way you are in a, in a po postcode so oh, well. anyway yeah, i'm not into the whole southampton portsmouth thing but anyway that's another story <laughs> okay so so you must have gone to School, college, uni, what? what, what uh, yeah, no, well, uh, <laughs> no, I went, obviously went to school, did pretty well at school, actually. I was a bit of a nerd at school and um, aced all of my uh, GCSEs. Uh, and then hold on, hold on. To... is that true or is that what you put in your No, no, that is actually oh, no. genuinely okay, true. Okay, yeah, nice, congratulations. Well. Yeah. And then um, I always wanted to be a copper. Uh, I wanted to be a copper, I wanted to be a soldier in the army. And, um, uh, and so I went to college and I just did PE and then someone said to me, um, if you do PE, you should do human biology because the two go yep. hand in hand, apparently. And I did computing and um, never had any interest in computing. It was just, it was on the list. Yep. Um, and actually the, the human biology for the first year, we learned about plants. So I got really bored of that really quickly. Yep. And I had a girlfriend that I was really into and she was at, she was at Eastleigh College and I was at Barton Preville up the road. Okay. But, <laughs> so I spent... Yep. I spent well over half of my time at Eastleigh College, um, you, you know, um, sitting with her and, and I totally flunked college. And I thought to myself, I had this little plan and I thought if uh, if I if all my friends go to university and back then was the days where you had kind of gold cards, gold cards were a thing back then. And, um, and I thought if I, I always wanted a gold card, I thought if, my, if my mates go to university and I go out and get a job, I, I'll have four years experience whilst they're at university. I'm not, I can't get through college. I'm not going to get through uni. No. And, uh, 
And so, um, and so my theory was, uh, by the time they leave uni and get a job, we'll, we'll probably be at a similar level, um, both in pay and what have you. And uh, all I wanted to do was go and get a job and get a gold card. Um, so I, I, uh, I left college. I, I done my exams. I didn't do very well. But um, back then, when you had the yellow pages in in book format, yep, I flipped through the yellow pages. Um, and what it was, I was going to join the police. And someone said to me, "Well, it takes about nine months." to kind of start that and get to a point where you get paid because yeah. um, of the training and what have you and the placement. So um, I wrote to the first 10 pages and the yellow pages that I came across. And one of them happened to be a, um, uh, a kind of software IT type company in, in Ottawa. Yeah. Um, and I sat down with this guy called Steve Brown. And um, he said to me, um, he said, do you smoke? And at the time I smoked. And, uh, you know, that was a long distant memory now, but uh, I smoked at the time and he said, well, if you're willing to share your cigarettes with me so I haven't got to buy my own, I'll give you a job. And I was like, no way. Yeah, <laughs> didn't, didn't interview me. He said, if you, if you share your ciggies with me, I'll, I'll give you a job. So I went, all right, that sounds, uh, <laughs> sounds fair. And um, within a couple of months, so this firm, they wrote software for all the cinemas and theatres all around the world. Mm. So within um, a couple of months, I mean, I was, I was 18 at the time. Within a couple of months of being there, they, they had me based in Europe. So every Monday I'd get picked up, driven to an airport and flown somewhere. And I was kitting out cinemas all around Europe. Um, what an amazing experience at 18. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I was, all, I, was, yeah, I was in Portugal, I was in France for six months. I was in, I was in Barcelona for three months. Amazing. Um, and I'd come back every weekend and then fly out again. And, um, but it was great because they, they'd literally fly you to, say, know, Switzerland. And you'd have to, you'd have to kind of then rent your cars and make your way down to wherever you're going and find yeah. hotels and obviously 18 19 it was it was absolutely fantastic but <laughs> you thought you won the lottery at times there didn't yeah you? i did yeah yeah and um and so that I, I kind of fell into it at that point um and uh and then uh, two years of that got a bit exhausting so, and i've never saw my girlfriend never saw my mates didn't really have a life so I, I i left and went and joined a firm in Southampton and stayed there for eight years and worked my way up and um and then there was a they they ran a big contract with the nhs um it was a kind of 15 million pound business and um seven million of that was a one nhs contract and overnight they lost it um this was back in 2006 and they lost the contract overnight and overnight 60 members of staff disappeared and um I went home from work. That, I wasn't one of them, but I went home from work that day. And my girlfriend at the time told me then she was pregnant. Um, and so I thought, I've got to do the, the security. And sad. And yeah. <laughs> like, what, what, what am I supposed to do here? Is it that sort of moment? Like, do yeah. I laugh, cry or what? Yeah, exactly. So I, I <laughs> so what I did, and I don't know why I did it, but I just went on the company's house and I registered a business. And I thought, well, I've just got to try and make my own luck out of this now yeah. um i need to kind of create some security so i just registered a business um i had absolutely no idea what i was going to do with it i had no idea how to run a company um and i called it tdb consult it was it stood for the dog's bollocks uh sorry i don't know if I on these but um <laughs> <laughs> works for me yeah yeah and um i registered the business and then a, a, a mate of mine um he, he lives in london and he said oh I've seen you've got a company, you've got your own business. Um, I've got this firm around the corner and I need a load of IT work done. And, you know, do, do you want to do it through your business? Um, and, it, and it turned out to be a 30 odd grand project with about 20 grand of profit in it. Um, Happy days. 
and I got Wait, me going. Take that straight away. Yeah. Yeah. And I got me going, and I ended up growing that business to just under four million, um, all organically. Made. I, I always say to people that that business was the business where I learned how to run a business, yeah. and I made every mistake under the sun with it. Um, and but I ended up um, growing it to just under four million, and I ended up selling it. Uh, in what in what period? Uh, over that was uh, that. So I started that in 2006, and I sold it at the back end of 2012. So six seven years call it so that's wicked so you know four million pounds worth of growth in six years yep. for someone who's never run a business yeah all right so obviously some of the things i like to talk about are what are the things that work really really well there and the things that didn't work so well so in that period yep. like you know you, you're 2006 you've, you've won your first contract and you're thinking wicked right so it because now you're like well this is easy yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and, and you got, and it gave me a bit of cash to kind of get going and, and start, you know, start. But I, I, I genuinely, I had absolutely no idea how to, how to run a company. I didn't know anything. I didn't know the first thing about it, but I did know the trade. Um, and, and, you know, you'll find um, a lot of business, people going into business, they go in there because they have a trade and they want to then, um, you know, they want to kind of uh, create a business out of that trade. Um, yep. But what they don't have is the business knowledge, and, and that's why so many of them fail because they they don't understand cash flow and all these things. And um, yeah, and, no, that's exactly, and that's the biggest problem everyone's got right now. It's the yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, that, I made like second. They go on. So in that period, then yeah, you you grew that to sort of yeah that that's that four million, which was amazing. But in that period, you know, how many staff did you end up with at that uh, in the end? We ended up with 47 in the end, and um, uh, and then I ended up selling it. I sold it for uh, what was, a, I mean, I, I would say I, I made so many mistakes about business. You know, when I sold it, I sold it for what would have been you know, a penny in the pound. It was, I sold yeah. it for near what it was worth. Yeah. I had no experience in selling a business. No. Um, but but the point is, you went through and you've now gained that experience. I've now gained that experience. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that probably in a minute. But so out of that whole period, that you know, forty-seven people is a lot of people to like. It's a headache. Like yep. yeah, we've got almost thirty people in now, and it's a headache. Like yeah, it generally is. So yeah. in that sort of period, you know, what you know, what was the number one thing that got you like? Because actually, you split that into two sections, didn't you? Like that four that four million's great. But getting over that first million yep. is the biggest hurdle out of all of that. Yeah, that's that's so, it, it is. Yeah, there's yes. the, the, million, the million pound is a magic number. In, exactly in, that. So to get to that number, like you, what was the the if you could think back and think, well, actually there was one thing that we did that actually got us to that because you know we trickled. I mean, we've we've doubled every year, which has been amazing. We you know, we've been lucky like that. Yeah. You know, but in another business I had before, you know, we struggled to get to hundred grand. Like getting to 100 yeah. grand was like a massive achievement. Yeah. So then you like, because you work on your own, you're like, well, I've got to 100 grand. That's amazing. Like, like you're like, oh, well done. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But because you think like, oh, yeah, I've done it. But you haven't done it at all, have you? No. Like, and, and actually, what, um, what Pete, you know, 100 grand, I, I, I mean, rightly or wrongly, I will say 100 grand's a job. Um, it's not totally. Business. It is. So, that's not business at all. No. It's I totally not. agree. And, um, and and a million pound, you know, getting over that hurdle, you've now got an established company. You'll generally have people underneath you that, yeah, they can take some of those hats off of you that you ordinarily have to wear um, early on. But there's, yeah, I mean, the, the one thing I would say is is um, focus on sales and be quite um, be quite mechanical about it. In in as much as um, I'm, I'm quite fortunate, I, I uh, you know I kind of know numbers and I know how to 
pushing up four numbers together. And so um, in the early days, it was more luck than judgment. But actually what, what I ended up doing was saying, well, if I want to get from quarter of a million to half a million and my average sale is or my average contract value is this or my average product value is is this how many of those do i need to get from quarter of a million to half a million um and you just got to kind of work that right back to so for instance um we grew our business in the end organically i don't grow businesses organically anymore i i acquire i acquire companies but um if you're growing organically um you should know some key figures so you should know your average order value um you should know how long it takes from the point on average these aren't you know um hard and fast figures uh, but you should know on average how long it takes to from the point you create a lead to the point you close a sale your sales cycle effectively yep. uh you should you should know how many of those leads you would typically convert so if you know all of that information and to use a real example um we grew our IT business uh, in recent years using telesales. And I knew starting at the top, if I wanted to have a million pound business, um, I had to have a team of four people that were sat there making 200 calls a day, talking on the phone for three hours of the day and not spending any more than five minutes wrapping up in between each call. And I had to measure those three things because I knew if they made that many calls, they would book me appointments with at least one company per day each which generated me x number of appointments per month i knew i would close at least 30 percent of those and i know my average order value was x and that that then scaled right up into it and i knew that if i hit those three numbers i'd have a million pound business within 12 months for instance um so be quite mechanical about um about how you approach sales and what why did you have go down the route of tele sales and not field sales so they they basically go and find their own stuff and then go and hunt it and then do it themselves um it was more of a so there's lots and lots of different ways of of generating leads and um that one i knew certainly in this industry i mean it's it's less effective these days for for it businesses but certainly at the time it was it was a very predictable way of generating leads. I, I knew if I had one tele sales agent there, at a certain cost and a certain you know um, certain level of KPI in there, I knew that that one person would generate me X amount of business every every month, every quarter. Yeah. Um, so it was really predictable. And we've tried a lot of you know Google ads and Facebook ads, and we've done all of that. Um, and obviously, you know, the, 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 the recommendation is you always should be doing four or five things to generate leads. So if one of them is less effective one month, the others will backfill. But um, yeah, yeah t- telesales was, was where, we, um, you know, where we pinned our budget. And um, yeah. for, you know, we grew for our, our most recent IT company, we grew from zero and got to a million really, really quickly just by investing in more telesales people. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. so. Let's let's go. So we got to 2012. You sold that business. Yeah. So you sold that, and you've got a you know, you've you've got some cash. We know we didn't you didn't sell it for as much as you wanted, but you, yeah. no one thought he does at this at the first stage. So yeah. so what what was the next thing? So you've just come out of an IT business, and you're yeah. thinking, well, I don't want to do IT again, and then you end up in IT or something. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not yeah. saying that happens, but no, it does happen. And actually, I've I've literally this week exited the IT. Um, I'm just in the process of exiting the IT business. But uh, yeah, no, I, I sold one IT telecoms business and then one of my customers who happened to be, a, he, he was a big fan of the company and he's also a, a kind of middle-aged 
you know, he, he bought and sold business and he was an investor. And he said, why don't we take your concept because we create quite a unique company. Um, yeah. And he said, why don't we buy you out of any covenants and we'll go and create another one and we'll do it all again and we'll share, share the winnings you know, between us. And that's where the most recent IT firm, so I almost kind of sold one, sat around for a month and then started another and, and yeah. done it all again. And uh, <laughs> and, and uh, as I said, the first business is one where I learned how to run a business and the second one, um, it was very easy to, to, to scale that very quickly. Because you had all of those past experience you'd learned yeah. and you just put, you basically cut and pasted. I mean, yeah, exactly. Cut and pasted. Um, so, so what were the things, so what, if you had three things that you can't place in, obviously we've talked about the numbers in huge detail there, like yeah. you know, knowing the numbers, knowing the telesales numbers, knowing the KPIs yeah. but outside of the numbers, yeah. what were the other things that you were, you know, was it culture? Was it people? Was it systems? Like what were the other things outside of the numbers that you can't paste it in? Um, yeah, so uh, we systemize everything. That that's really important. Um, we're not afraid to employ. There's quite a few kind of headline, um, you know, headlines in, in terms of any business I get into. The the, the one at the top is to, um, to don't procrastinate with anything. Just get get on with it. And a lot I see so many people try and make everything perfect um, yeah. rather than just getting the thing done and then and then sorting it out afterwards. Do you go down like the eighty twenty route? Oh, 80, 20. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, even that, yeah, where, where I spend my time, um, I don't so much these days, but I used to carve out 20% of my day every single day, um, 90 minutes every single day um, to work on strategic things. Uh, yeah. And that, that time was never interrupted by anyone. Yeah. Uh, and then the other 80% you spend on stuff, you know, doing quotes and making calls to customers and all those kind of you know, operational things. Making a team tea, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I was a tea lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but every single day, I did something that would move my business forward. Yeah. Um, as little or as big as that that might be. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is um, build a team. You know, I, I always build a team around you. And and so many business owners um, are quite, um, uh, you know, they want to kind of nurture their own egos, and so they they build a team around them that aren't very good. Uh, what I always did was I always try and find people that can do things much better than I can do them. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, and it, then you just take so much off of your own shoulders. You can then spend, um, you know, it's that whole kind of 10, 10 pound an hour job. If you want to earn a hundred grand a year, you need to be earning 50 pound an hour. So why would you spend an hour doing something that you can pay someone 10 pound an hour to do? Yeah. Um, so you build a team around you and you can focus your time on, on the things that move the business forward. Rather than but there's, but on that, when you first start out, like there's an element of you, you can't afford. So like now we're, I mean, we're exactly that. So, you know, I've just bought a general manager in basically a number two that I can buy. If I want to go on holiday, I can go on holiday. Like, yep. And perfect. Like all yep. the other guys are absolutely amazing. But when you first start out, sometimes you have to start with more junior staff than you yes. necessarily want because yes. In some ways, that's all you can afford. Absolutely. Like, yeah, to totally. But the, the, you can be quite resourceful about it. So, um, for example, and there's lots lots of different ways to look at this, um, you know, if you need general support, you know, doing books and things like that, you know, I see so many people doing their own books. Um, you, you can pay someone nine, 10 quid an hour to do your books. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, man manage Facebook pages and things like that. But you can go, for instance, over to the Philippines and recruit a very, very experienced um, person for, for a few hundred dollars a month. 
uh, and they will take an absolute load off your shoulders. Yeah. Um, so just be a bit more resourceful about it. But as I say, I keep, I keep coming back to it. Um, I see so many people start a business and actually the number one thing I see them doing is, you know, that they set the business up, they do all of that, you know, company's house stuff, and then they spend two days creating a logo. Um, and they do that before they've worked out, you know, what, what selling, who they're selling it to. <laughs> my sister did. So my sister set up a business. She got made redundant um, and she did exactly that. And I was like, why are you doing a logo? Yeah, like, <laughs> go and sell stuff. Go and like, sell stuff. Exactly. Just focus on sales. Everything. Else. Sell- oh, I've got to get my logo right. Like, logo makes blind bit. No one cares. No one cares about logos. <laughs> they gen- they genuinely don't. They don't. Like, uh, people buy. People gen- genuinely do buy from people, and they 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 buy because they believe in what you believe. You know, they they believe the the reason you're doing what you're doing, yep. not the product you're selling, and totally. on the top of it. Yeah, yeah, that, that is that. I do love that. You know, I've worked on my logo, and I've worked <laughs> yeah. like. Now, I mean, to be fair, when we first started, I mean, I say that when we first started out, uh, like with the wedding photography, years like so that was like 2011, 12. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I just went on Fiverr. I mean, or what was Fiverr at the time? I don't know if it was yeah. Fiverr or not, and said, "Make me a logo," and paid someone twenty quid for it. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was a good exchange of money. Yeah, um, exactly. The logo, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got three designs, stuck it on Facebook and said, which one should yeah. I choose? And I went, all right, we'll have that one then. Done. Like, that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know if that was, but that's that's <laughs> what I think you should do. I that generally is, think yeah, that's what you want to do when you start. Yeah, um, you, you have. And, and you know, I just say, I'd say to anyone starting a business, um, I mean, yeah, whether this is the right thing to say or not on it, but um, I would also encourage people these days, I would encourage people um, to look to buy a business that's already established and, and potentially starting one themselves where, you know, 89% on, on average will fail in so, so, so many years. Yeah. Well, we're going to come on to that bit because I'm really keen to uh, understand that in a bit more detail. So on the, on the, um, so four, is it four, it was four pillars, wasn't it? Yeah, there's four pillars. That's, that, that's, that's now um, something else. That's the business actually I'm just exiting. Yeah. So that's, that's what, that was sort of the second business. If you like, you took all the expertise Yep. everything you learn and you can't paste and put it in there and write, I don't need all that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Yep. Again, done. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so what out of that, what was, you know, obviously you still made mistakes in that second business because you still make mistakes. Like it's, it's naturally what happens, yes. you know, your telesales guys that you had doing the work, you know, did you always carry on doing the sales calls or did you then bring someone in when did the sales for you after that? I, I was doing sales up until, I mean, we, we started that second business in 20, 13 yeah. uh, uh, back end of 2013 it was and um uh i was doing the sales in that business well no actually sorry no we we recruited actually almost from day one um a salesperson we had a telesales team we had a salesperson but i would do some of the larger um get clients yeah, yeah yeah um but then we we in 2017 um we went off and bought a local competitor yeah and um at that point because we effectively, we added 300 grand, we actually ended up being almost half a million because um, they won a contract week after we bought them. We, we, um, we added 300 grand onto our revenue, onto our books overnight like that yep. without doing any sales. And at that point, um, we totally shifted and we said, oh, actually, let's just, let's stop, you know, flogging, flogging the streets and, 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 and knocking down everyone's doors. And we actually got rid of all the telesales guys 
we stopped selling organically, we stopped marketing, we stopped growing organically, and we just went and hunted down um, businesses that we, we could acquire and drop into the, into the company. Um, so, so that was so because that's a big piece of information there. So, yep. so basically, in 2017, you thought, well, let's let's acquire another business. Now, what was your before you actually bought that business? What was your thinking, and why did you come to that decision of thinking, well, actually, instead of me spending hundred grand on sales staff this year, let yep. me spend X amount and buy something that's already got three hundred grand in it. Yeah. So um, at, at that time, I. I I've been involved in buying a business in my old business, but um, okay. at that point we were kind of in the middle of selling it. And so the company bought it from us. They, we were kind of facilitating a, set, a, a purchase of another. So I've been involved loosely in that. Um, but this was my first real exposure to acquisition. And um, to give you the headlines, it was a mate of mine and uh, yeah. I went to college with him and he just, he phoned me up and went, look, I've got, a, I've got a stake in this IT business. I don't want it. Um, he does something completely different. He just had, a, had an interest in it. Yeah. Uh, would you be interested in buying it? Uh, and I, I didn't know how to value a business. Um, didn't know how to approach it, but we managed to get the deal done. And we did it in three weeks from the point we started talking to him. Because they generally wanted to get it done. They just wanted to get it done. Yeah. And we ended up, you know, back of a fag packet, we gave them, uh, it was a 200 and it was about 270 grand of turnover at the time. Yeah. So, um, we paid them 20 grand for it. They wanted 120 and it was, there was no science behind it. Yeah. Um, no logic. They wanted 120 and I just went, well, we'll give you 20 and no more. Uh, and they went, all right, we'll do that. So from that, <laughs> yeah, they didn't even, didn't even try and negotiate. Um, so they, that's because you found them at the point. So we, we deal with where we are now with e-commerce businesses and yeah. we talk to them about when they're exiting their business as well. Yeah. And one thing I was talking about someone the other day, and, and this is completely unrelated to obviously what we're doing here, but the, the, the synergy is the same. They were like, you know, if you catch an owner when they just want shot, yeah. they'll do anything just to get rid of it. Yeah. They just don't highly, like highly motivated sellers that, that, that I, and I look for them all day long now that that's yeah. that's all i do is find highly motivated sellers because they will do any deal you put in front of them yeah um so we we bought to give you the headline we we did that deal in three weeks we paid them 20 grand for a 270 grand a year business and the week after we bought it they won a 200 grand contract so effectively it made the business you know it was just shy that, of half a million that was the best 20 grand you ever spent wasn't it uh, fantastic we got our money back other than your wedding obviously yeah you know. <laughs> so, yeah so um i mean i sat there going cry you know we if you if you compare it to going and, and going on sales meetings and all the pipeline management and follow-ups and yeah and all of that stuff and we just achieved um you know 18 months of growth in three weeks yeah the 20 grand that we got back within a month and um and so i start that's when i started going right there's there's something there's something here we've got to we've got yeah. to pursue this and i started looking at how you value businesses and, and, and trying to educate myself in, in how to do that. Um, and that's another point there. So educating yourself on, on basically how to basically take that to the next level, I guess. hundred percent. Yeah. So between then and now, so you're just exiting that business. How many other business did you acquire in that business over that period? So we ended up with, uh, so two, 2017, we bought one. And then in 2019, um, uh, we, we bought, uh, I mean, we ended up with seven businesses in total. We've consolidated that down into three, as in we merged it all in into three. Um, well, I say three. One of them is the holding business, and the other two are the trading companies. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
so and and so um we done most of that last year we done most of that acquisition last year we did one in february this year um we didn't really do a lot in that sector during covid um during the lockdown we we bought another 17 businesses in a totally different sector during covid but um because yeah. uh, i'm going to come on to that because i think you're doing what i think one of my e-commerce clients is doing, which are, which is going to be really interesting to see if I'm right. And I don't know if I'm right or not, but I think I might be right. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to write it down now and see if I'm right. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, so so you, you put those all together and now the, you, you've basically put the, built them all into one. Yes. And then you're selling that as one bigger unit, basically. Yeah, and, and all of these, I, I I mean, the only reason I'm, I'm and I'm not fully exiting, I'm, I'm selling half of my shares, and the only motivator behind it is um, because I, I don't want to have anything to do. Yeah. Um, so my, my goal, um, and I always encourage people to, to know, you know, people call it their why, you know, their, their reason. Um, yeah. People should know why they're doing what they're doing yeah. and have a vision of what that means to them. And it's not money. Money is not money is a tool to create a lifestyle. Yep. So you can visualize what that lifestyle looks like. Yeah. Um, and my, my kind of bottom line goal for the last 15 years has been to retire at 40. And when I say retire, I don't mean retire. I mean, have total control over my time. Yep. have no responsibility anywhere um, and have passive cash flow coming in from multiple, multiple sources. Um, that to me is you, you're at a point where if you want to, you could retire. Um, now hold on and just on that now i know that you turned 40 a week or two ago so first of all congratulations on turning 40 <laughs> yeah thanks I second question before we go on have mm-hmm. you retired or basically sat at home and let the cash come in yeah i, I have so congratulations the, buddy well done the tech business was the it was the it was the only thing i i mean i don't i don't do a lot in that business but i had a job to, you know i had a small responsibility yeah and in order for me to kind of achieve that goal, I had to get rid of it. So I literally have, I could go away for six months yep. traveling the world and, 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 and I'd still get money coming in and yep. have to do. So, um, so I, I, as I say, I, I've sold half my shares. I've, I've sold them to one of my business partners. So, which yep. I'm really pleased about. Um, so he's going to, he's going to run the business. Um, I'm completely, ex- I'm resigning from the board, exiting the, the day job. Um, yep. And so, yeah, that's that's ticked the box that I've been working towards for 15 nice. years. Yeah. yeah, that's wicked. That is wicked. Yeah, it's really because cool. Because that is the, I mean, mine's by 50, not 40. So yeah. <laughs> you beat me by 10 years. I'm a bit disappointed by that. But, but that's okay. I, I'm really pleased for you because that's awesome. That, that, yeah. that just makes a great story in itself. So yeah. uh, well done. So now, so obviously now let's talk about you've bought another 17 businesses during lockdown because everyone's trying to get rid of their businesses. Um, I'm not, by the way, just so we're clear. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so where did that where did that next piece come from? You're then thinking, well, okay, I want this cash flow. Yeah. How does that sort of look? What, what's the sort of thinking behind it? So um, so obviously we were buying, we were acquiring through the tech group anyway. And yeah. I, I last year I set up a brand um, because I thought actually I really enjoy the, the the process of buying companies. I mean. If you go into, and I did this actually in February, I haven't been networking in, in, in years. And I went to a networking event and I'd go to them in, in the past and go, oh, I run an IT business and everyone's head goes down. And, oh, go on, you know, another one. Another one. 
And I went to one in February and, and, and you kind of stand up and do your 30 seconds. And I went, I'm a private investor and I buy small businesses. And I had a queue of people at my table. They all wanted to talk to me about their company. Yeah. And um, so it's a really cool thing to do. And what I love about it is um, not many people do it. It's a bit of a dark art. Um, and actually, you know, where, you're, where I'm used to being the seller, so I'm sat in front of someone pitching a product, pitching our business and convincing them to trust me and buy from me, even though I'm the one doing the marketing and trying to buy someone's company, the minute they engage with me, I become the buyer yeah. and they become the seller. And I have people sat in front of me convincing me to buy their business. It's a really, it's a really cool place to be. Um, so I'd already set up this brand and I, these are kind of intentions of just, you know, spending my time buying, buying companies and bolting them together. Um, and then my daughter, Leah, uh, she, she's a hairdresser and she was saying to me last year, I want to open my own salon and I'm, I'm, you know, she's getting really excited about it. And I said, well, don't, don't spend, you know, a hundred grand opening one and taking all of that risk and employing people and trying to find clients. Let's just go and find one that's there and buy it. Yep. Um, so we started doing that and um, in May we we completed, we bought one up the road we, you know it, you've been past any. I know, yes, yeah. yes so we bought that in May uh, and actually I had no interest in that sector, it's not one I would have looked at and gone, yeah I'm going to go and you know, target companies in that space but the the a lot of people run those businesses as lifestyles, not businesses and the margins if you run them as businesses are really good <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really good and the um, and and the, they're really predictable. So if you've got a, a, a hair salon, ladies' hair salons, we're buying. Yep. Them. We're not buying gents' places, but ladies' hair salons. You've got customers that are loyal. They spend money. They're predictable. They turn up every six weeks without fail. Um, it's the last thing people will stop spending money on. Yep. Is making themselves feel good. The only thing that will stop them is not being able to go because there's a coronavirus epidemic. Yeah, that's the that's the only risk we've taken really. But. but um, yeah. But certainly, as as businesses go, um, they're really they're really you know they're cool they're they're um, predictable they're recession proof they're internet proof. Um, unless you're going to tell me your mate's doing something, I know who your mate's talking to. By the way, <laughs> I know exactly who he's talking to. And um, and actually, a single hair salon, ladies' hair salon, on its own is quite it's not very exciting. Not not for me. It's a you know, two to three hundred grand a year business at, at, for a good one. Um, but if you go and buy 20 of them, uh, now that, that becomes quite interesting. You've got five, six million a turnover and you can make good, a good 20 or percent of profit out of them. Yeah. Um, that, that's a really good business for me. And you're spreading your risk across lots of different locations and companies. Yeah. So, so I sent out um, some marketing in June, beginning of June, um, in the first week of June, sent out 1,500 uh, letters and I had just over 300 people reply to it. And 300 replies. Is that sort of a bit of a canvassing? Hey, look, I know you got a business. Uh, I'm looking to buy. Get back to me. Yeah. 1500 yeah, and you had 300 replies. So 20%. Yeah, just over 300. I mean, if you did um, any marketing in your old business and you got a 20% response rate, you'd be happy with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, really happy. Right. Wait, is it, is that hurt? Yeah. You, and I was having a chat to a guy um, recently about this, and um, and I just I mean we, that that piece of marketing cost us two grand. Um, all right, we've had to buy the companies, and we've had to you know work through mechanics of doing that. But but in terms of marketing and return on marketing, um, 
that initial batch of uh, letters that went out cost us two grand, ma mainly in postage and stamps. Yep. And um, we ended up with just under two million of revenue from it um, that we acquired. So, I mean, in terms of examples of marketing, that, that is up there somewhere. Yeah. With the best yep. of them. So we, yeah, um, that's, we, that's a great return, isn't it? I mean, yeah. even the, and it just goes to show, coming back to what we were talking about you know, a few minutes ago, that if you get people, that people are, you know, people run businesses, they're just tired of running a business. It's like yeah, the yeah. day in, day out, every day. Like, I find it exciting. I love it. Yeah. But not, some people just fall, and hairdressers, salons are a great example of that, where people have fallen into it in some cases, and they're yeah, like, yeah. I just don't need this grief anymore. No. Like, yeah. And you got, um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and a lot of people I've spoken to, they love the trade. They love what they do. They don't like running a business. Yeah. Um, but we've had, uh, we, we had so many calls coming and it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's a tap. So we know now we send out 250 letters a week. We're up in Oxford now. We, we've scaled like that. And um, are you just with hairdressers? Yeah. Just with, with ladies salons. Yeah. yeah. So we're aiming to get to 20. Um, in the short yes. term and then no one wants to sell a, a salon in, in around Christmas because it's their busiest month so yep. we're going to park it um, in the next maybe week or two and then we're going to start again in January but we're going to we're going to run up to four a month so yep. somewhere yep. between two and four a month yep. um, and that will get us up somewhere between 90 salons and 160 I think it was over a period of three years and somewhere between about 18 19 million in revenue and 33 million in revenue and uh, you're not, so you, you are, let me just understand that. So you're buying the business. Mm -hmm. Are you keeping the people in it to yeah. carry on running it? Or are you putting new people in it? No, we're, we're keeping people in it. Yeah. Um, actually, so we've got certain criteria we look for. So we look for salons where we know their net profit is at a certain point or below because yeah. we, know, we know we can put it up there overnight almost um we're looking where there's capacity that isn't being used so we, we're buying one at the moment in chichester not the one your mate's buying or involved in um i, I don't i don't actually know what you're talking about there all right um, you e-commerce mate um oh, my no, e -commerce, I, I, mate. I don't know that no, no no i don't know anything about that okay i I'm, i was buying a salon in the middle of chichester i won't say who it is because we're under um, con uh, legal contract for it yeah. we, we were buying it and then the woman um, we're actually buying one now in chichester we were buying two and the other one we were buying, the woman was like, yeah, I want to sell it. And then she said, but I've got this e-commerce guy that wants to do something funky with the business. So I'm kind really? of... No, I, don't, I generally don't know anything about it. Oh, right. I thought it might have been him. But, uh... no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Well, now I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk offline maybe about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to answer your question, I mean, take one in Chichester we are buying. They have room in the, in the salon for about 20 people, um, 20 fee-earning stylists. That's big. Uh, they, about to, it's three stories, massive place. I mean, that's I big for that. a salon, isn't it? It's massive, yeah. It's three stories. Yeah. They've got loads of beauty rooms and all this stuff in there. Um, they currently employ three and a half people, so three and one part time. But we know that the market is there, in, in, you know, the population is there, the footfall is in a good location. So all we've got to do with that business is employ people. Yeah. And, um, and, and it will do quite well. Yeah. So we're definitely keeping people that are there, but we're also recruiting. So as it currently stands um, today, we employ about 150 people across those salons. Yep. We're creating another 70 jobs on top of that. Yeah. So uh, are you, are you, um, have you got people that you've obviously got managers in all of those? 
um, yeah. running them. And yeah. who are they reporting into then? Have you so are they just running individuals and they're reporting to you? Or have you got someone that's no. going to? No, no, because then I I I back got a job. My yeah, I've got a job. Yeah. So uh, no, I don't want that. So um, no, no, that's, we... <laughs> that's what I'm getting to. I'm keeping you on track here because I don't want you working. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, we've uh, the way we've we've structured it is we've we've got a, a, an equity group that's that's buying them, and then what we've done is underneath that we've created um, a kind of subsidiary group, which is which is a, 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 a salon group, um, and all the salons then are owned by that business, yeah. uh, and we've in, we've employed an MD who she ran salons and spas all across hundreds of them all across um, Australia. She's an Australian lady. Uh, moved here and then she built and ran all of the spas and salons for all of the cruise ships for carnival um so she's very someone up from carnival i suspect she's very very good so we've employed her um she's the md she has total pnr responsibility for the whole group um and it's very simple for us we've just said uh there's x number of salons there's your profit target across them all deliver that up to our group and you can do what you like um, yeah. run them how you like employ who you like so yeah. she's building a team around her at the moment too yeah um, and then will you have you know if you get to 90 understand will she look after all those or will you bring create three groups or whatever no they'll all be in one group but what she will do is have a set of regional managers that that operate territories for her but she will hold that wear that hat of md for for the whole group yeah um and yeah, we're working our way up. I mean, 100 is the number we're throwing around. We're working our way up towards 100 over the next probably two or three years. And um, we've if, got 300 leads from a, a mouth shot. It don't take much to, to get the leads to come in. And how many salons are there in the country? I mean, there must be thousands. Yeah, there's about that's 44, 44, 45,000, something like that. Wow. There's enough, there's enough out there to yeah. get us to 100. Um, yeah. Yeah, so and it's just a tap, as I say. We we know if we send out, we send two hundred and fifty letters a week out. We've stopped now because we've got enough in our. We've got about 30, 30 or deals in our pipeline. Yeah, and then we'll turn it on again in January, yeah. uh, or probably back end of December. Yeah, and um, and we know we turn that on, it it will generate that thirty percent. That's been really consistent. Yeah. Uh, they feed into a pipeline. When I say I don't have, you know, I don't want a job. I've got people now running that whole process for me and I literally yeah. dip in certain parts of it. Yeah, you did a bit to excite you. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I you got a job because you're going to find in the businesses. Like, you got a job, but yeah. it's not what I'd call a job. Like, it's what well, you're, you, you're an investor. Like, so we've gone from yeah. employee to business owner to yeah. investor. Yeah. Uh, but I have, I have people now that they, they pick all of the inbound calls up. They do a lot of um, really quick and, uh, and, and, if you want a better term dirty um you know they kind of filter out the stuff that doesn't fit our criteria so yep. they um they they um, qualify really early on on those first calls you know I, I, do you fit that if not not for us we'll, we'll contact you in a few months yeah um and then they push it all the way through to, for the pipeline they collect all the data do all the ndas and then that gets put on my desk i go bang 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 that looks like a deal we should do um a templated email goes out with some offer structures on it yeah um it's really a carrot we dangle to go look you know before we go any further i should probably tell you how i value businesses and this is the method and, and logic yep. i use and based on that logic this is the value that i'd be prepared to pay and it's a bracket if yep. if that works for you there there or thereabouts let's chat let's chat <laughs> yeah and that then gets rid of a load of like more people so i'm gonna go around on meetings and have phone calls where their expectations are just going to be too high 
Uh, well, um, and I was going to say, because you, you've got the person that's desperate to sell, who just wants to get rid, that wants to sell it for 20 grand. Yeah. But you've got the other person that's quite happy. And it's like, we can have it for 2 million quid. Like, oh, and, yeah. and there's no disparity. They're like, well, my, I, I did. I turned over a million pounds. Therefore, it's worth five minutes. No, no, it's not how it works. Yeah. The, the great one, the one I always laugh at is they say, well, I, I spent a hundred grand fitting the thing out three years ago. So it's worth at least that. And I said, well, what did that hundred grand investment do to your profit? Nothing. You actually made it worse. So, you know, it's worth what it's worth on paper. Well, the exactly. one thing I always say to people up front is I don't, I, I'm not, there's no emotion um, in, in any of this for me that they're, they're businesses, whereas the business owner, you know, it's blood, sweat and years and tears yep. and, um, and I say to them, I don't value it with, with any emotion. I, you know, I know it's your baby, but it's not mine, and it is worth what it's worth. Yeah, and if you want to go and sell it for a broker, good luck and frame me in twelve months when it doesn't sell. Yeah. Um, and we, the, the key to this is we're getting in front of people before they've spoken to commercial agents and brokers because yeah. they they ruin they ruin deals. Yeah. So with all those, so you're getting all these hundred. Yeah. Right. So you get this hundred three years. Yeah. And then what do you do? Well, I don't. I haven't got that far down the road yet. <laughs> ah, okay. Because they, yeah, I, I someone asked me this uh, a few weeks back, and, and I said, you know what? I I don't know. I mean, we've got an option of selling the whole thing. Um, we've got an option of uh, selling individual salons or groups of salons, or we, you know, we could just leave the thing running. And, I just that, and that's where I was actually getting to because I wrote down actually. So we're working with um, uh, an e-commerce. So anyway, long story short, uh, we've got a partner who's not a partner we work with. Yeah. Uh, and basically what they're doing is buying um, e-commerce businesses. So what they do is they buy e-commerce businesses at below value. If you just yeah. go and sell your e-commerce value, you get two to two and a half times what your profit is. Right. Yeah. That's what you're going to be able to sell it for as an individual business. But if you've got 60, 70, or 100 of them, mm-hmm. you can actually sell it for 22 times what it's yeah, worth. Yeah. And Because what you can sell it to is a private equity yes. house, not an individual. So yeah. you and I would only be able to buy it for two or three times, let's say. But yeah. actually, a private equity firm isn't interested in a business that turns over 200 grand. But yeah. they are interested in a private a, a two, two, 100 salons all yeah. doing 200 grand. Um, they are, they are. Well, and the, the rule of the rule of um, the magic rule of equity firms is is 10 million upwards they're interested in yeah some say five upwards but it has to be at that level significant as a minimum for the, to get their attention and and you're absolutely right i mean we're buying the average multiple we're buying these businesses i probably shouldn't tell you this actually but um it is not 22 times it's it's not even three no um but if you buy a load of them and bolt them together and that that applies in any sector if you bolt multiple businesses complementary businesses together the multiple you achieve rockets exactly that yep exactly um and that and that's i mean i learned that literally I mean, that was about a month ago we we started talking with someone uh, that, that that's doing that and you know they're like well can we i mean they basically want to do a deal with us to work with you know you know yeah. whatever um yeah. and you know that's really exciting but th- that's where i was sort of getting to i was yeah i was like oh i wonder how that works because actually when you start thinking about that you know that's a great way i mean it's just how business works you buy something and you sell it for more money like yeah. you, you create a service and you sell it. i mean that is just business but instead of doing it in a business you're doing it 
for groups of businesses? I mean, like, I'm yeah. not saying that's what you want to do necessarily because you said you weren't sure. No, but, well, no, I mean, the, the, the plan for the investment company, which, which is um, to, to called um, Toka Group, um, so that, that's the investment company. And underneath that, you've got the, the, the salon group. But we're also looking, I mean, we're in the middle of buying a four million pound manufacturing firm in Southampton. Um, we're actually talking right now about opening a, a chip shop of all things. Oh, um, well, <laughs> well, why not? Chip shops, again, chip shops is a great example where yeah. actually you've got business owners that have done it. They've been in the family for years. Yeah. They've been doing it for donkey's years, in and out, in and out, and they're just fed up. They're, they're like, yeah. oh, this pandemic has just been the end of me. So yeah. actually, if you was to buy a hundred of them, yeah. for example, again, chip shops, cash, easy yeah. use, probably regular money, I'm guessing, yeah. to Ridiculous. a degree. You yeah. can almost write down what you're going to spend, what it's going to do. You take all the overheads into one, put them yeah. into one, off you go. Totally. Yeah, exactly. So what we'll end up with is, is um, you know, pockets of, business, pockets of groups in the group. Yeah. Um, of complementary businesses and, and then we can siphon them off or whatever but um, you know you, you, you're, you'll never make ever make as much money operating a business as you ever would when you sell it that's the point where you actually make money yeah. uh, as a business owner you, yeah. you really make a ton of cash operating companies not that you know, not Ferrari kind of territory anyway yeah well we'll see <laughs> I no, no, I want one of those to be fair. I send I've you never wanted a Ferrari. I've just uh, ordered, I send you a picture of the car I've just ordered actually on. Uh, have you ordered a Ferrari? No, I haven't. No, no, I haven't. I've never wanted one. Never. I've always wanted one. I've never have had one. Um, have you got a McLaren instead? No, I'm, I'm actually um, getting a Porsche because uh, I wanted to get an electric car. Um, hey, the whatever it, I can't remember what it's called. Hey, hey, hey can. Yeah, nice. And, um, but I didn't really want to get a Tesla. And They're a bit plastic, aren't they? I don't want to get a Nissan Leaf. So I thought, oh. And there's, <laughs> this is <Sure>. Porsche. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this Porsche is absolutely stunning. So um, It's a beautiful car. But yeah. you, I, I, looked, I looked at the Model X and yeah. it's just too plastic. Yeah. yeah. But you get in it and you feel like you're in like a, an aeroplane rather yeah. than a luxury vehicle at like a hundred odd grand. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. That, that was my issue with it is they... they you know the tech the tech in them is fantastic agreed but the build quality and the way they design them i don't i don't think is that that good no. so, um i wasn't keen on, on getting a tesla anyway we digress slightly yeah, we so did, yeah. what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna wrap this up because we're getting very close to an hour yep. um darren that has been amazing I, i'm just gonna click through some of my um favorite bits out of that if that's all right so we first thought yeah the first business was all about you know, learning what a business does right so you had that learning and you made a whole load of mistakes but really what you focused on in the end the key thing was about focusing on the numbers the data you know how many how many leads you get how many conversions you get how much we average salaries what the transactions are um what the revenue margin is and profit and everything else in that so you knowing those numbers and knowing well if i've got one tele telesale guy that does 100 calls a day 200 calls a day that's going to get me three appointments which is going to get me this which will get me that Yep. Um, so basically, well, if I want to earn a million quid, I need this, this, and this based on this number, but you've got to know that number in the first place. Yes. You need to know how many leads are coming in and what your conversion rate is. Yeah. And, and what I would say to people that are starting a business, because, you know, they'll say, well, I don't know that number because I haven't started my business. Have a guess, just come up with something, you know, you should know the industry or you're, you're getting into. And sense um, check it with someone, not just what you think you can do on the back of a fag packet. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So then, so then that was all about that. And then that was around organic growth. And then mm-hmm. moving into the next business, it was more about actually how you can grow the business, not with telesales, but by acquiring groups or different businesses to basically bolt on to yes. create a much bigger business. Yep. I think that, that was a, that was a really, really key thing. Now you did mention something in there about um, educating yourself and we haven't dived into that. We don't have any time on that, but clearly you've been educating yourself on stuff and you spent 20% of your time on strategic growth throughout. Yep. So you'd say, well, 20% of my day is going to be focused on growing the business. Like yes. that's it. Don't yeah. come in the door, bugger off, leave me alone. Yeah. I like that. So I, I used to have Andy time where I used to block it out, yep. uh, which was exactly that. But over time, that slowly gets like, yes, it was like that. three, it was, it was nine till 12 every day. Right. And it, like, it just, cause I was like, you know, and that's more than what you were talking about, but, and then slowly over the time you got, you know, you got the management accounts meeting, you got the sales meeting, you got the marketing mm. meeting, you got the social meeting, you got the, like, it's just, yeah. You just just get roads. Yeah. So you got like to make that, you got to make that sacrosanct that time. I mean, it's, so, I got to put that back in. Yeah. Uh, outsourcing stuff to VAs. We talked about outsourcing briefly. So, you know, why do something? If, you're, if your time's worth 50 or 100 pound an hour, why do something worth 10 pound an hour? Yeah. Ship it off and give it to someone else. Um, yeah. Really good at, you know, you make sure you write, if you write down what you do throughout the day, yeah. you'll soon work out what you're doing as crap. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, people don't do that. Um, I like the blend the buying different stuff. And then I'm obviously coming on to where you are now, retiring at 40. I'll give you a round of applause for that. So <laughs> congratulations. Um, but clearly you're not actually not working. You're actually investing, which is slightly different. So yes. now you've got the ability and freedom. So my tagline is to get to 50 with the ability and freedom to do what I like. Yeah. Exactly what you've just spoken about there. Yeah. I can chill out and go home, go to the gym, go sailing. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But... I like the idea of uh, the acquiring the different bits because now it's got me on a new wavelength now. Um, so uh, anyway, so, and then thinking about things slightly different. So you've gone from the employee to the manager, to the business owner, to now the investor. And I, I guess that most people, I think I was talking to someone the other day where they, you know, some people are just happy getting to hundred grand and being self-employed. Yes. Some people are happy. I got a million quid. I made it. I did a million quid turnover. Well, yes. When you get to like, because you get to that point, and you're like, hooray! Yeah. And then actually you realize there's still not that much money here. Like, yeah. what? Because like, you've got to get to the next level. Like, again, you're still only earning 100 grand. I mean, yeah. you're still, like, you're not earning money. And if you want to get to do things you want to do. Yeah. It's um, not life changing money. No, definitely. no, no, not at all. I think Good one thing. of the things, well, I think one of the things I struggle with is, 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 it's like the guilt of some of that stuff. Like I'm growing the business, growing the business. I'm bringing more people, more people in, more people. I'm thinking, oh, this is great because I'm growing this for like me and my family and everything else. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, what about the staff? Mm. No. But then, then you think, but hold on, that 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 they'll walk out the door pretty quick. They won't care. They like, won't care. No. And that is a really that's a really important point because they there's this saying that it's it's lonely at the top and um and i've seen it you know, countless times in in my 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 um my journey where people you know you, you think people are loyal to you you think they're uh, they're your mates and all that but actually they're, they're there for a wage and the minute you stop being that person that pays a wage don't want to know yeah and um you've got to yeah that business is there for you and you only um yeah don't, don't be a slave to it it's got to work for you yeah totally totally agree Okay, that, 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 Darren, uh, I really appreciate your time. That is absolutely amazing. Um, no it's been super useful. So hopefully, actually, you know, for everyone listening, you've got a huge amount from that just by listening to Darren's inspirational 
you know, story really of how he's got it. We've got to pull a load of things out there that you could use and put into practice yourself. I think the one thing is not to limit yourself and think bigger than you actually are thinking right now, because you never thought about thinking about investing in business when you first started. That's all sort of come because you're thinking about being bigger than what you're actually doing, right? Yeah, and, and to be honest, uh, yeah, it, it's all it all co- comes back to what I was trying to achieve, and, and and you know, people call it the why and the reason. Um, I wanted to retire at forty. That is my fundamental goal. It has been for years. Um, you know, so when when I'm when I'm involved in a business and they're saying, right, you pick up, you know, when we merged a load of the tech companies together my business partner said, well, you're going to be the MD. And I was like, no way in hell. I don't want to be the MD because you're just creating me a load more work. I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've got, got to stay focused on, on that, that goal. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked. Look, uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for everyone listening. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it again. Uh, obviously this is only the second episode of actually speaking to someone. So thank you very much for Darren. If you've liked it, please make a like, a comment, a share, uh, review or whatever else you can do, whether this is on a podcast or a vlog or wherever it might be. Uh, I'm still really sort of getting into that. But anyway, uh, absolutely amazing. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, this was Darren. That was Darren. This is Andy from Team Hoops and Business Insider Secrets. And we'll speak to you again on another uh, episode. Thank you very much. Thank you, Darren.